Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am so happy to be here with you tonight. Uh, I'm going to make this sucker short and sweet. <laughs> and the reason is, is because it's wicked hot out and the AC unit is right next to my desk, the one that I got here from my bunny, from Binky Buttons. Uh, and But I don't want it to be picked up on the recording mic, you know? Uh, but I also don't want her to have to be in the heat any longer than necessary. So this episode is called what would I call it? If I could do wicked long title graphics, like on uh, wicked long titles on my graphics, I would call this one, it's not the want, W-A-N-T. It's not the want, it's the willingness. But I'm probably just going to call it the want and the willingness. So here's the deal. I, I'm going to tell you like where this came from, first of all. So one of the repeated things that I see uh, I'll give you a couple examples, but one of the repeated things that I see in the line of work that I do as a spiritual mentor, as a spiritual teacher, as somebody who runs a membership, right? My spiritual community, The Nest, um, who I basically work with people who are hoping to have more happiness, more peace, <laughs> more happiness, more inner peace, more healing, people who are looking for a transformation, right? Of transforming these old stories, these things that have happened in their lives to assign new meaning to them. To them. So I call the process I used your story to your glory. So I work with people who are in a place of wanting to change, wanting to grow, wanting to heal, sometimes wanting to forgive, but wanting to do some heavy lifting, right? Personal and spiritual work that affects all areas of their lives, including, hey, if you're an entrepreneur, listen up, because uh, this work affects also your business, your creativity and everything. But one of the things that I see happen time and time again is that people talk a good game. People talk a good game, but they don't always have what I would call the follow through, right? So they might speak up and say they want change. They might speak up and say they want to do something. They want to uh, let go of a grievance. They want to let go of a grudge. They want to find healing from their trauma. They want da 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 da. People, a lot of a lot of fucking people want a lot of things. Let me say this, but if you do not have the willingness to actually do the thing, like to take the steps that are going to actually make the change, the transformation, the healing happen. It's not enough to just want a thing. You have to be willing to put in the time, the energy, the sweat equity, sometimes the financial investment, right? You've got to be willing to let go of your old story, to surrender your shit, to accept 
both your humanity, right? And never forget your divinity. But it takes more than just saying that you want a thing or journaling that you want a thing. There has to be a willingness to fill in the blank, a thousand things, call upon your spiritual team to surrender. And I see one of the things that keeps people stuck again and again and again in their suffering, because this is what the work that I do is designed to do. It is designed to save people time, energy, and suffering, <laughs> right? So it's like, why wouldn't we want to quicken up? And I'm not talking about rushing the process, right? If you just listened to my uh, a recent episode, I talk about this all the time. It's an ongoing process, healing transformation. It takes time, but why not though speed up? And when I say speed up, I mean like save time. Why not save time? And how long you're going to have to suffer or uh, put up with your own nonsense? <laughs> Why wouldn't we want tools and practices and things that here's the key. Stay with me now. Here's the key that we have to actually implement. Right. We got it. We got it. You can't just talk about it because people have a good talk game. People, little Jabberwockies love to run their mouths and talk about the dreams they have, the things they want to do. And where this really got lit up for me is I was in a conversation with my dear friend, old friend uh, and writing coach, Sarah Lovett. And I just love Sarah. Uh, she just holds such wonderful space and she's so smart when it comes to um, all things, books, writing, you know, the whole thing, the whole gambit. She's a, she's a very successful writer herself. And we were talking about how so many people say that they want to write a book. But when you actually sit your ass down, you guys, and it's just you and you in the chair facing the page or facing the blank screen or facing like you and your history, especially if you're a memoirist, right? Or a personal essayist or whatever, or even if you're a novelist, somebody who writes fiction and you're thinking like, I have to write how many pages with these characters? Like, wait, what? Because it can be such a daunting, daunting creative process. So there are so many people out there who say they want to be authors, say they want to be writers, right? Say they want to be whatever. But when it comes down to sitting their ass down and getting down, it's a lot of downs and getting down to business, not a lot of takers right now. Sure. There's been a gazillion um, people who have written books, but think about even just right now, just think if you know somebody who said, I've always wanted to write a book. Even it doesn't even have to be a book, but that's where the inspiration came from is when Sarah and I were talking about this and we were saying it's not the want, it's the willingness. It's not the want, it's the willingness to do the thing. And I see it a lot too. Like I can just say, for example, uh, oh, I just moved the book uh, in A Course in Miracles. We, I always jokingly say that A Course in Miracles is the most unread best-selling book of all time because people want they want that thing of being able to uh, have the miracle of shifting your mind from fear to love, right? People want it, but when they sit down and they look at the text and then they look at the 365 daily lessons, they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, if you could see me right now, I'm doing this funny thing with my arms. Like, oh, like, I don't know if I really want to do that work. I don't know if I'm willing. No, well, they, let me say this. They want the outcome. This is what my sweetie always says this. 
people want a different outcome, but they, what they really want to do is just keep doing the same old shit, but then miraculously have something different happen at the end. <laughs> like, oh, you know, like, like, oh, I want, I don't know, fill in the blank. I'll just use junk food in, in losing weight, right? None of this is body shaming. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just, it's a wicked easy example. People say that they want to get more fit, that they want to, you know, lose weight. They want to da 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 start going to the gym, drinking more water, you know, taking good care of themselves. And then you see them, they're like sucking down like massive coffee or frigging a ton of like Mountain Dew and stuffing Ho-Ho's and Twinkies and Doritos in their mouths. And they're not, they're still on the couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not making any of those things bad. I'm just saying that we have these examples and I'm sure right now, if I like pulled you to the side and said, hey, be wicked honest with me. Was there ever a thing when you said, I want this? And when it came time, when it was laid out in front of you, what would be required for you to actually do the thing that you get a shop wake up call that the willingness maybe isn't there. And I see it a lot. Again, let's go back to, to my lane of storytelling, right? And spirituality. I see a lot where people will come to me uh, for spiritual mentoring, for spiritual work. And of course, inevitably, you know, because in my four step process, right, your story to your glory, the glory is the place where we get to where we're able to move through the world, right, in a much more happy and peaceful, joyous, relaxed, calm, scented, clear, confident, right, courageous state. It, it's, it's what I call having more hashtag F3, more fun, flow, and freedom, because I think that's what we all want. To me, living in the glory is to be in a place of liberation. But part of what you're liberating yourself from is your own mind, your own bullshit stories, the ways that you block and the ways that you like cock block your own happiness. <laughs> So here's the thing, inevitably at some point, they show up with these stories and that's like phase one. That's phase one of the process because I know, I know how people's minds work, right? We've written these stories about what's happened to us. And I always say, okay, like, you know, part of this is like, so what's the story? Because we wanna understand, right? It's not, so Oprah's talked about a lot of trauma people frame it this way, right? It's not like, what, what, what the fuck? Ever say that growing up to somebody like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So the question is no longer what's wrong with you. The question is like, what's happened to you? So part of that storytelling, that, that first step, that first stage or um, that first, yeah, let's call it just a step in the process is like, tell your story because it gives me lots of clues about like who I'm dealing with, what's happened, what's gone on in their past, because it helps me to understand their trauma and their drama and um, the way that they've assigned meaning to things. So a lot of times when people show up in that place, they're usually still being hooked or um, traumatized by something, or they're not able to move forward, or they're stuck, or they're not happy, or they have everything they've ever wanted. I, this happens so often with successful people. Um, let's just use entrepreneurs uh, as an example, or coaches or whatever, people who are doing really well financially, CEOs, whatever. They make a lot of money, they have all, everything that they need to be able to buy the shit they always said they want. They got the house, they got the car, they got the, 
person. They got maybe the kids, if that was their thing, they, they, they can travel anywhere, do anything. And they still find that they are empty, that they're lost, that they are depressed, that they're anxious, that they're not happy. So, you know, getting the thing that they thought they wanted was not actually the solution. It's not actually, the money wasn't actually the thing um, that made the difference. And so often when I'm working with people, you know, they'll say like, this is what I want. And then when we start to look at, right, the process of this thing, and a lot of times there'll be um, a story, let's just say that something awful happened to somebody um, and um, they're dragging, what I talk about my own experience, I'm going to do a whole other podcast about this. It's like, I was like dragging my dead mother's body behind me. For, I was like, oh, just leaving a bloody trail, just leaving a mess everywhere, right? So I said I wanted to forgive. I said I wanted healing, whatever. Um, but it, you know what, when it came down to it, I finally became willing to do what it would take in order to have the very thing that I said that I wanted. And what a lot of people don't want to do is they don't want to set, they don't want to put down their dukes. They don't want to lower their weapons and their shields. They don't want to let go of their grievances. They don't want to surrender to something greater than them that can actually help them to quicken the healing process, right? We really love to hold on to our grudges and our grievances and our list of excuses and our reasons why we can't and the blame and the shame game. Because what's required really, like, so our natural inheritance, who we are, I really believe we come through with our worth intact. We are already worthy. We are already deserving. We are already perfect and amazing as children of God, as extensions of the divine, as the light of the world. You can call it whatever you want to call it. We come in perfectly polished and intact. But then we get roughed up a little bit, don't we? We get a little roughed up by this human experience. We start to lose our shine. We get a little dull. We get a little less polished. We start to, to take on layers of muck and guck. And, is guck a word? <laughs> muck and stuff and guck and all kinds of things. And then we forget. We forget that we already came through in our natural inheritance state of innocence and perfection and holiness and happiness and peaceful in a place where things there was a there's a feeling of internal ease but not just ease but also like uh, stability right confidence strength and then slowly we get picked apart remember that movie the birds <laughs> are any of you old enough any of my listeners old enough to remember that's that movie the birds alfred hitchcock and those birds just like took over the town they were like pecking people to death. that's how it feels like this human experience right it's like death by a ton a thousand tiny paper cuts but sometimes it feels like we're getting picked apart pulled apart or what i would call like dismembered we get dismembered in this human experience we get pulled in all these directions everybody's needing our attention and the phones going off and the fucking instagram and the facebook and the dinging and the responsibilities and other people's needs and then you're in a relationship and maybe you're raising kids and maybe you're trying to run a business or maybe you're trying to write a book and you got 17 balls juggling in the air right and you feel dismembered and you feel disconnected and you feel separate 
one of the great gifts of spiritual work, one of the great gifts of being in spiritual community, whether that's in something like the membership, like the nest, or uh, for some people, right, their church is a very safe place and they love it. For some people, it's a yoga studio or um, a temple or a meditation place or just a group of friends where you can get together and be your full and holy and whole self, right? And those places that allow us, you know, to heal. So having those places are so, so, so wicked important. It's one of the reasons why I created the nest so that there would be a safe community for people to gather together so that they don't feel so alone. So that they have support as they're trying to navigate this whole intense human experience. You know, when you're in the human experiment and experience, which is like this big classroom, sometimes it just feels like you're continually like getting knocked on your ass. So having somebody else to, to reach down and pull you back up to lift you up and to support you. And not only that, but to, to give you helpful tools and resources that allow you to help yourself, mm. that allow you to help yourself to play a proactive role in your own healing. That's what a good mentor and teacher does is they help you to remember. We're going to get to that because I was just talking about what the world does. The world dismembers us. The ego world makes us compete and compare and others like say them versus us and it others. It does a lot of othering. You're different than me. You look different than me. You love different than me. You have sex with different people than me, like the whole shebang, right? We love to dismember and pick a pot. But when we create safe communities where people can come and feel connected and not so alone and they feel heard and like they matter. And like I said, you can find it in different places. And my hope for everybody is that you find you have at least that one safe place. For me as a kid, as a, as a young kid, one of those places was a library bookstores, being around books, like, oh my God, like that was one. And it's still to this day, one of my safe places, right? That and being with animals, uh, always like one of my safe places. So I understand that. But so the, we get pulled apart and what work does this kind of spiritual and personal transformational work, what it does is it remembers us. It puts us back together. So we often think of the word, and I, I say this all the time, but we often think of the word uh, remember as having its opposite to be to forget, but its opposite is dismember. So to remember, to put back together, to bring back to wholeness and holiness, this is what, to remember who you truly are as one of God's kids, to remember who you truly are as the light of the world, to remember who you truly are as somebody who actually matters. But in order to have that experience, we have to let go of all the other bullshit stories that we've fed ourselves, that we've been told from people in sometimes your origin family, your earliest caretakers, your sibling, your community, your culture, your school, your church, right? Where people, you could be, could be your whole neighborhood or like, you know, say, oh, the Italian kids or the Irish kids, like however you were brought up, right? Your people, the clan, the crew, the people that raised you right? And sometimes we can get pulled apart by the things that they say to us out of their own trauma that's unhealed, out of their own generational shit that was like passed down where it didn't stop with them. And that's one of the things I always say to my one-to-one -one clients and, and the nest members, it stops here. The buck stops here. It stops with you. That is your job. That is your job is to get your shit together. That is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your own children is to get your shit together. 
to give them glimpses of experiences of to show to demonstrate to teach them about your own happiness and your own inner peace your own inner stabilizes that allow you to show up as the adult that you needed when you were a kid but now you get to do it with those around you especially the younger ones because they need sane stable leaders teachers examples people to guide them and so if we're not willing to do the work i see people all the time though they want to be better parents they want to be better fill in the blank right it's like okay to want is not enough where's the willingness are you willing to get up an extra hour early to do your meditation and prayer practice right to do your journaling practice, to go outside and take a walk, to allow your mind to be quiet and still if you're somebody who does walking meditation, right? Are you willing to X, Y, and Z, cough up the cash, right? To, to invest in yourself, some continuing education. Are you willing to take the time to sit down and watch the video modules or to listen to the podcast or to go to the bookstore? It, preferably local independent bookstores, <laughs> right? So are we actually willing? And it's really important that you come clean with yourself, that you stop lying to yourself, that you admit to yourself when you just talk a good game, but you're kind of full of shit about actually implementing and integrating. And again, that's the whole point. I think, you know, like oftentimes we think about, um, how do I say this? So if you've been around at all, right? Because the whole world went into lockdown the past 18 going on however many months, a lot of learning, a lot of learning opportunities like went online. So a lot of groups popped up, memberships, courses, online learning, all this stuff. And one of the things is, I know so many people who are serial course buyers, <laughs> they buy, they buy a lot of things they're willing to like put their money put their money on the line but then they don't actually show up they don't download the videos or the transcripts or the audios they don't listen to it and they certainly don't put it into practice and that's one of the genius things about the nest the whole point of the nest is to put into practice is to integrate and implement take action these spiritual tools and practices and new ways of being and new ways of thinking to allow ourselves to become the damn thing that we said we wanted to be, to take the steps and the actions that allow us to move from just the wanting state to the willingness state. Because once we shift into the willingness state where we make ourselves available, to our spiritual team, to Holy Spirit, to the inner teacher, to the muse, to divine intelligence, to your higher power, to God, you know me, I don't care what you call it. But when you're in the place of willingness, somewhere in the Course in Miracles, I'm almost positive, it says the willingness is all. And Patabi Joyce, however you might feel about Patabi Joyce as a, uh, a yoga teacher, he did have a very wise saying where he said, practice, 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 all is coming. He didn't say, think about it, think about it, think about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. He said, do it, do it, do it. Practice, 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 all is coming. Because it's in the willingness when you get your ass on your yoga mat and you start to move and you start to breathe and you start to move into that place of internal stillness 
where the chatter of the monkey mind and the ego gets quiet. And then the voice for the divine becomes a little bit louder, more available to us. We stop being so preoccupied with our own inner uh, chatter of the ego, right? Of the critical, the critical, the critiquing mind. We slow down the noise, the static. And when we have that moment in between breaths, in between thoughts, where whoop, where spiritual team can do its work. But if we're not willing to do what we need to do to allow those moments, those holy instances, those opportunities for healing and quiet and connection to self and source and spirit to happen, how is anything gonna change? You tell me, smarty pants out there. <laughs> You tell me, how's anything going to change? So I want you to be wicked honest with yourself. I want you to take a moment of reflection. And if you need to pause this podcast, you pause this podcast and think about this. Is there something, I'm whacking myself in the face with a pen right now. I don't know. Is there something that you have been wanting to do, wanting to um, accomplish, wanting to try, wanting to change, wanting to grow, wanting to whatever. So you've been talking about it for a while, maybe to the point where you're starting to annoy people <laughs> because you talk, talk, talk. So I want you to ask yourself, have, am I willing, am I willing to actually do what it takes to create the, now, now we, we don't always have control over the outcome, but what I'm saying is to at least create the opportunity for a positive outcome to happen. Am I willing to get some skin in the game? Am I willing to make a financial investment? Am I willing to make an investment of my time? Am I willing to organize my time and schedule in such a way that it becomes possible? Am I willing to hire the babysitter to watch the kids so I can go to the thing? Am I willing? Because once you say to the universe, once you say to the divine, once you say to your spiritual team, your angel team, as my friend Meg Haynes calls it, once you say, I am willing, please use me. I am willing, please use me. Ooh, buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Because once you truly, genuinely become willing and you surrender, right? You put your efforts, you put everything. As Gandhi used to say, like, don't be, I'm paraphrasing, but like, don't be attached to the outcome, right? Don't worry about the fruits of your labors. Just do the thing, do the studying, do the work, do the implementation, do the integration, take the time. You want to eventually run a marathon? Maybe you get up and you just walk around the block that first day. And then slowly, but gradually, we start to expand our capacity not only for strength and um, resiliency and staying in the game when things get high, but we also increase our, our uh, capacity to receive the help that we need perhaps to accomplish our goals. But none of that happens with just saying, I want this, right? Like that is like the holy roller of manifestation. Like, oh, I can just want it and talk about it and think about it. And it's like, like I always say, don't, don't, don't make God or Jesus your errand boy, right? Like we're not doing that. We're not like up, pulling up to the Wendy's drive-thru and like placing an order. Like, hey, get on this for me. It's not how it works. You've got to do your part. Remember that episode I did? You got to be open for business. Got to be open business. And if you're going to ask God, if you're going to ask 
the God of your own understanding, whatever it is that you talk to, pray to, ask for, right? If you're going to ask the divine for help, if you're going to ask the divine to guide your steps, you better be willing to move your damn feet. You better be willing to do it. So this is just an opportunity for all of us, right? So for a long time, for a long time, I want to finish this book. I want to finish the first draft of this book. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And finally, I am consistently churning out pages. And there's a whole backstory. There's a lot of stuff behind it. We don't have time for me to go all into it, but I want you to know I am no stranger to, to, to the struggle between the want and the willingness. And sometimes it's not that we're not willing, but we truly have a block. We truly have, we need some help getting past the thing, getting the fuck out of our own way. And that's why good teachers, good mentors, good coaches, we have good teachers, good coaches, good mentors. We know sometimes that our humanness, our ego mind, our fear, right? Sometimes deeply embedded in the subconscious fear, take us out at the knees. We get in our own way. And this is why it's so helpful to have at least one person if you can. And sometimes that one person might not even be alive. I can't tell you how many of my teachers, um, I first came to know them in books, through their videos, through their newsletters, through you know all the, the, the different ways, but have never met them in person because they died before I was old enough, right? To become aware of them. So books can be a, can be very powerful teachers. You know, books saved my lives. I was talking with my, my, my dear friend, Georgina Durkin, who's going to be on the podcast. You guys, you got to listen to that episode. Holy Jesus. Georgie is known as the soul whisperer, and she's an incredibly gifted uh, intuitive therapist, we would say, meaning she has a lot of different therapies that she uses when she does her work to um, speak to you about the truth of your soul and your soul's calling. She's a powerful and gifted healer, but uh, that episode, you better watch that sucker. Be on the, be on the boop, boop, look out for that. Uh, and she and I were just kind of, you know, talking about, about this, all this stuff today too. And so here's the thing, you guys, let's start to get radically honest with ourselves, right? Let's not try to pull the wool. I don't even like that saying, but don't try to pull the whatever over your own eyes. <laughs> I'm not into wool. I'm not into wool. You know what happens to those poor sheep when they shear them for the wool? Sometimes it does things don't go well in the sheep's favor. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of anything. I don't, I don't wear the down. I don't wear silk. I don't wear wool. I don't wear any of those things where any animals could possibly be hurt. Uh, that's a little sidebar and we're back. So here's what I want to say. Let's get wicked clear with ourselves. Let's stop bullshitting ourselves and let's get down to business. If there's something you've been saying that you want to do, we have to move past just the words and we have to start to step into and maybe a daily prayer. So daily prayer that I say every day, it's a little bit adapted from A Course in Miracles. It says, please have me go where you would have me go, have me do what you would have me do, have me say what you would have me say, and to whom, please use me. Please use me. That right there is my willingness. That's that willingness piece. Please use me for your own uh, holy and perfect function, man. Like make me an instrument of peace, as St. Francis says so beautifully. Put me to work, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have to be like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus is just my homeboy because Jesus showed us and I don't mean Jesus and like, I always laugh. I was saying somebody the other day, because I'm a huge, if you just look behind me, I got a whole 
whole wall of Jesus behind me. But it's not in that creepy way, not in that like big crucifix way. All my pictures of Jesus is him out in a field, like with uh, like little cute, happy lambs with little smiles, his little helpers. Um, because I, I like to think of a live Jesus because a live Jesus was amazing because he just went around talking to people, feeding people, not judging people, loving people, healing people, right? So to me, what Jesus did is he uh, showed us what's possible. He showed us what we are capable of, the level of love uh, that we are capable of. And I was joking with my friends the other day saying, you know, whenever I talk about Jesus with the kind of adoration and affection and devotion that I do, uh, Christian people always think that I'm like in their camp. Like they always just assume like I'm a super Christian-y person. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just like a free agent. And I think Jesus is a free agent too. And I think that you can love him in, in all kinds of, all kinds of, I was on a call last night teaching in my friend's, uh, my friend's amazing membership and community and group called Divine Feminine Mastery, my friend Meg Haynes. Um, and I was talking with them in the group about how, you know, as a Catholic kid, like, you know, coming up um, people, and that's another thing when I talk about you know, the experiences that I had people out of, uh, they're like, oh, you were recovering Catholic too. Did you leave the church too? And I'm like, well, I don't really go to church, but I'm not sitting here. Like I, I kept what worked for me. I kept the things that resonated with me and I got rid of the rest. And people are just like, you can do that. And I'm always like, yeah, why can't you have, and this is the work that I do. It's helping people to deepen their relationship. It's part of the work that I do, helping people to deepen their relationship to self source and spirit helping people to deepen and define their own personal interpretation and relationship of God. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on that called don't let them ruin God for you. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up, you guys. All right, here's the deal. I think I've talked about this long enough. I just want this to sink in. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Around, my hair is crazy right now because it's so human up here. Um, are you picking up what I'm putting down around the whole, uh, it's not enough to just want a thing, that you got to take the steps, you got to get invested, you got to do some of the work, right? You can ask for help because sometimes you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but start with the willingness. I'm willing to be learnable. I'm willing to be, I know it's not a real word. I'm willing to be learnable. I'm willing to be teachable. Please use me. I am willing to put some skin in the game, some effort. I'm willing to invest if that's what it, you know what I'm saying, in different scenarios, right? And sometimes we put on a good show. Let's talk about that before I wrap it up. Sometimes you put on a good show, right? We say, oh yeah, like, okay, here's a perfect example. Thank you, spiritual team on the job. Where's my scrunchie? Oh my God, I'm so hot, you guys. So um, here's something, I'll give you this. So I belong to a local gym and I go in the gym like four times a week, busting my ass, picking up heavy things and putting them down with my sweetie. I, I put, I lift things up and I put them down. So I do this. And then uh, most of the time I go outside to run or to walk or whatever. Um, but every once in a while, if it's like poor and thundering, whatever, I end up having to do shit like cardio in the gym. And I'm always fascinated, fascinated and, and mind boggled. I'm going to be totally honest by people who come into the gym, sit on a machine, like they sit on the leg extension or whatever, and they just scroll their phone for 15 minutes. I, I just, I, I not, do I sound a little judgy? I don't mean to be judgy. I'm really curious 
about what this is about. I have some theories, but what the point I'm getting at is then there'll be other people who are on the cardio machines. When I tell you they are on like a recumbent bike sitting on their ass pedaling so slowly that I don't even know if any calories are getting burned. Like they'll be reading a book or something and they're so distracted and I get it. Like stories suck us in, man. The mind just gets encompassed and you forget. And they literally, they just are barely getting one rotation. Like it's just like so slow. And here's the thing. Here's what we're doing to ourselves and fooling ourselves. I'm not saying in all of these instances, I'm not judging you. Here's what I'm saying is happening though. It's like when you sign up for a membership, let's use that. I'll, I'll come back to the gym people. You sign up for a membership because you say you want to change. You want the transformation. You want to stop hurting and suffering and judging and you want to forgive. You want, want, want. But then you don't ever show up on any of the calls. You don't do any of the modules. You don't do any of the things that would actually help you to heal. When the doctor says, hey, you know, you, you, if you want to uh, feel better, you're a physical therapist, right? You get a reoccurring injury and they're like, do these exercises. You know how many people go home and never do the exercises that were given to them to strengthen them, to get them back in alignment, to stop the pain, to heal, just like people at the gym. But here's what it does. At the end of the day, when they go home, and anybody per any other person outside of them says, Did you go to the gym today? They can go, Yep, got on the bike, was doing legs. It's a way that we bullshit ourselves. So we can say, Oh, yeah, I went. But did you do? So we got to be wicked like hawk. We got to watch ourselves like a hawk for the ways that we get in our own way, the ways that we sabotage the ways that we're actually not willing. We're actually just putting on a show. We're performing, we're pretending, but we're not actually practicing and implementing and doing. So if there's like, if any of this has landed for you and look, once you become aware, let's just say there is something and you're like, oh, KK, you're so right. I've been blah, 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 blah. This is now not the time to judge yourself, beat yourself up, be mean to yourself. It's an awareness. And you're like, oh, this is time to get curious. Why do I say that I actually want it? Do I want it because somebody else wanted it for me? Do I want it because my parents always said that they wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer? Do I want it because I think I'll be more lovable if I fill in the blank, you know, get skinnier, get smarter, get whatever, right? Is it outside forces that are driving this thing? Is it not truly your want? Because usually if there's something that we truly deep down want, we're often more willing to do some shit to make sure that that dream, that goal, that vision, that mission, that ministry or whatever actually happens and comes true. So let's get honest with ourselves because the only way, you know, in the nest we talk about, um, I have these 12 modules. It's, it's a course, really. It's called the Spiritual Toolkit. And one of the modules is called the four C's and four A's of lasting change. And the very first step is you got to have clarity and awareness. You have to recognize, you have to be aware and know and see and admit, right? Hey, I've got a problem. Hey, I've been doing this thing. Hey, I'm kind of full of shit. Hey, I just noticed this. And when you notice it and become aware of it, 
don't then start beating yourself up. Don't be a big blue meanie to yourself. It's not helpful, but be curious. Why am I afraid? Why, what am I afraid of? Why am I sabotaging? Why aren't I taking action? Why are my thoughts and words out of alignment with my actions and behaviors and choices? So get wicked curious. And if you find yourself constantly getting stuck, constantly getting in your own way, it might be time to, to ask for outside help. It might be time to join the nest. Just say it. So you guys, the nest is going to be uh, opening up uh, to the public. We got some amazing things happening in there. We have some amazing guest teachers. We have an incredible community, supportive community of people who are doing the work. They are doing the work. They are integrating. They are implementing. They are having wins. They are having results. They are having transformations. They are starting to become more happy and healthy and uh, healed and peaceful human beings. What more is there to life than to have more happiness and peace? and deeper connection to self source and spirit, which in turn is the foundational relationships to everything else. Your all your other relationships in the world are affected by those three primary key foundational ones, you with you, you with the divine, you with spirit. And once you start to get those places into a those those connections into a more realized and real and daily kind of like locked in internal stabilizes place Woo! everything else shifts everything else benefits from that when you start doing that work so if it interests you if you want to join the nest i hope you're willing to get your ass on the waiting list <laughs> so just go to karenkenny.com nest n-e-s-t and it will either say join the nest which means you stumbled into the group when it is live and open doors amen hallelujah or it will say join the wait list and that's when you get your butt on the wait list and then when the doors spring open you will be alerted you will be alerted so that's what i got for you guys tonight you guys all right it's not the want it's the willingness am i willing and you gotta know when the answer is no and if you're gonna say yes then go for it, you guys. Go for it. I am cheerleading you. And I would love to hear if there's something that you've wanted and now you're willing to do and you're going to take those brave steps, that brave action. Send up a flare. Let me know. Tag me in a comment. Send me a DM, whatever, and say, KK, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. I'm willing. No more. No more sitting on the sideline. No more just talking the talk. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my butt in gear and I'm going to start writing that book or I'm gonna take that class. I'm gonna learn how to play guitar. I'm gonna run that marathon. I'm gonna forgive my father. I'm gonna go for the surgery, like whatever it is. Cause I care about you guys. I care about you as my listeners and I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Karen Kenny Show family. Uh, I would love a chance to connect with you guys more deeply and perhaps even work together someday. One-to-one -one spiritual mentoring. Uh, maybe uh, you join the nest. Maybe you come to uh, a class. A couple of my friends are pulling me out of quote-unquote yoga retirement. I'm not really retired. You know what I mean, but it's been a long time. 
Um, but I'm going to be teaching um, a yoga class and then also doing a workshop for teachers, yoga teachers. That's going to be wicked fun. So maybe our paths will cross in person someday. But in the meantime, the beauty of the nest is you get to study with us and join us no matter where you live in the world. It is an online and virtual community, but it is incredibly deep and supportive and uh, miracles are happening in there all the time. So you guys, I appreciate you. I celebrate you. I love you. Uh, and wherever you go, you know what I always say. And if you're still listening, you can say it along with me. Wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>